0: My video game. Yeah. Okay, I am joined by Dave Proctor. He is studio head at Mighty Yell and also the game director of the Big Con, a retro throwback to the 90s, uh also an adventure and a con game, a lot of humor in there. You got it all going on, Dave. Uh, that's nice. why I have you on, because this game looks stupendous. Uh, we just saw a new trailer last week, was it two weeks ago? Um, uh, at the well, IBS it was last week, it was a week of good Wow, okay, so right on the button we got that. Uh, the game looks amazing, it's full of nostalgia, it looks like it's full of humor. Um, I guess right off the bat I'm going to ask you about inspirations for this game, because it very clearly has a 90s aesthetic, it's set in the 90s. Uh, you just from looking at you—not to age you—you you look very good. Uh, I'm just saying, you. But you look like you—you you were around in the '90s. <laughs> well, what inspired yeah, was, this game? I was
1: around in the '90s. <laughs> so I was definitely here. Um. Yeah. So, um, inspirations. So definitely, you know, old school, um, cartoons, comic books, stuff that you know visually, um we looked at a lot of Nickelodeon stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that's what got us really excited visually for it. But the gameplay itself, like I have loved con artist movies, you know, my whole life. Every video game is sort of a power fantasy, or at least a lot of popular video games are. And and, um, I think it's really fun to try to build one without, um, without combat, without violence. And, uh, and to make something about like trying to outsmart people and trying to, you know, hustle your way around. I, I, I just love, I love stuff like that. Ocean's 11, you know, I was gonna say uh, the,
0: what's your favorite Kong movie, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Sting, uh, the score is really good. Um, anything I don't know. Anything that involves a plan and an underdog, Paper Moon uh, wow. is a is a great is a great example of like classic con artist stuff. Um, yeah, I just I love I love that idea of like planning something out, finding somebody to, to pull it off on. I think it's I think it's great.
0: You got it's some fun. classics in there. I love the sting. Also a best picture winner. Um, yep. It's interesting you say about the gameplay, because one of there's so many ways to gamify so many different aspects of just life in general, different genres, and I always find it interesting uh, when it's something that we don't really see that often in video games. Not to say that there's never been a con video game, but really off the top of my head I can't think of too many. I know of heists that I've done in games. Um, But cons are something that you don't really see in this medium that often. I'm wondering how you do gamify it, and what's the challenge there? Was it very difficult to figure out a way to make this an engaging gameplay experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think every adventure game is a con artist game. It's just that it's not... Like, if you, if you play any classic adventure game, it's always like, can you steal this thing from this person, and can you give it to this person because they want it? Like, that's the logic loop of, of conning people. It's like, what does this person want? How do I get it? Right? Like, how do I align, align their, their wants and their needs, and what are they willing to sacrifice? Um, so... You know, originally, and we've been working on this game, you know, on and off for, for four years now, but originally we we were really going very systemic with it, like every person had a had a want and a sort of emotional state, and we had this sort of, like, complex um, idea of how that might work, but we, we you know, could never execute it on it in a way that was, I think, efficient or felt good, um, and we, we just decided to start writing it. We We went away from around from uh, really systemic gameplay to more, to more authored, authored puzzles and content, um, which should have made us make less content, but it didn't.
0: Uh, (laughs) You opened Pandora's box a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had to, my, my producer had to be like, we, you should stop, you should stop writing characters now. We're probably good. Um, never (laughs) place to be, uh, is to be, to be held back from my pen. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was all about figuring out. Ultimately, you know, setting up uh, quest design, setting up like how players will interact with a grift. We want them to to walk around. We want them to get a sense of the world. That's why. Um, all of our NPCs kind of trigger word bubbles over their head, mm-hmm. so that you can you can get a sense of like what somebody's up to, and and then you'll see in their word bubble if they have a word that you can latch onto and start a conversation. Then there's a tip that there's a bigger a bigger thing there. Um, there's spots to spy on people, and that opens up new conversations and stuff like that. It all kind of boils down to making the player aware of you know, their toolkit really early on and mm-hmm. hoping that they will just go around and explore and feel smart for finding the stuff that we have very cleverly created for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very humble there. Um, yeah, it came out wrong, but you know what I mean. No, I know what you meant. I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. That was rude of me. Um, I feel like that's kind of a dumb question, but it's one that people ask all the time. It's, it's dumb in the sense that how big is a game is a really subjective question. It's, it's as big as a player decides that it wants to be, and then also there's like a real and to certain games, obviously. Uh, all that said, I'm still going to ask you the dumb question. How big is the big con? It's got big right in the title, Dave.
1: Yeah, so it's obviously big. I mean, next <laughs> question. Um, it So, there's you can probably get through it in one or two settings, um, or you can you can really dive deep. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of... 22 hour 30 hour experience you know like i those games are great and Mm -hmm. the teams that make them are are wonderful and i and and they are well suited to do so and and we wanted to make something that you could sort of sit down in four hours and and get through um but if you want to soak up all of it you know you really can do that that's that's part of our our experience. I mean, it's still not a twelve-hour game. There's, just like, there's enough in every level that you can yeah. really, really, really dig in there. Um,
0: writing cons, I feel like, is its own unique challenge. Did you use classic cons from films that you mentioned? Did you have to think up your own cons? And then also, not to put you on the spot, I'm not a cop. I'm going to say that right away. But did you go out and, <laughs> and practice these cons in real life? <laughs>
1: I, so it's good that you um, that you say that you're not a cop because legally you have to tell me. Otherwise, it's yeah, I say that in every
0: uh, interview, by the way, just so people know.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's good. That, that's not just for me. I appreciate yeah, that exactly. You let other people know you're not a cop. Um, did I go out and practice these in real life? Uh, no, but I do love the art of conversation. So maybe yes, in a way. Right. Um Yeah, did a lot of research on on actual cons, and you know some of the some of the stuff that um, we really explored. I couldn't get, like, mechanically feeling great. There was a lot more, like, mechanical cons, but we but we shifted more towards conversation because I think it let us build more characters, build more interesting scenarios. Um, we, like, definitely looked at, at movies, and I looked at, at, like, a handbook, of like an old grifter's handbook oh to, to, to start putting stuff together. Um, things like, you know, making something appear more valuable so that it, So that it um, can be sold uh, Making someone Afraid, making someone Sympathize with you um, You know, spying on people And stuff like that to gather information Like, I I refer to the Big Con as as a, A an adventure game where your inventory is not just your items, but it's also information, right? So you've gone around and you've collected things and you can trade that. There's stuff that happens in that game that some people, you know, they might not see because they didn't spy on the right character. And that, to me, is um, fun. Like, I, I like that. I, I, I think, and especially if, if, you know, hearing this on your podcast, they they that they want to find more stuff or they talk to other people and they, and they explore that kind of stuff. How much information can you get in your inventory was a big part of it. I've kind of moved away from the question a bit, but, um, <laughs> no, I
0: like it. It's good.
1: No, it, it, it's, uh, we, we looked at, there's actually one of my favorite little, little quests. That's um, a bit of a, a bit of a surprise, a bit of a tough thing to find is based on a, an old, um, you know, crime story about two, Con artists that are trying to steal, uh, you know, very valuable stamps from one another. Um, Our producer uh, Yashko Carney wrote that, and um, it's uh, it's really cool. It's really fun. So, like, we used we used actual stories from fiction. We used um, we used like, you know, like 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 examples of cold hard cons, and then we thought about the, the brass tacks, like what if I intimidate, what if I plead, what if I spy.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha, but you never went out and actually conned anybody, so that's good to hear, and I'm glad to hear that.
1: No, I mean, <laughs> unless you count um, getting someone to fund a video game. I was
0: <laughs> going to say, maybe yeah. the team at Xbox. Uh, that brings up a great point, though. Um, f- frankly, we've seen, it's it's funny when the ID Xbox event happened, we also had a, uh, a Nintendo Indie Showcase the same week, and it's just yep. showing all the support behind the indie scene, which is I mean, frankly, it's exploding right now. It has been for a long time, but there's so many wonderful indie developers out there. Um, As an indie game developer, what's the scene like and what is the support like from a partner like Xbox? And then I guess the second question, just to be incredibly rambling here, uh, (laughs) how did this partnership come about and how's it been working with Xbox?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, Microsoft and, and ID have been so very, very... Uh, encouraging of of you know what we wanted to do and the size game that we wanted to make and I mean I didn't know they'd ever go for it I'll be I'll be honest I don't care if my Xbox reps are, are listening right now because because I'm sure this will just make them happy but like it, traditionally Xbox has the, the the image of like this this AAA thing or this uh, only multiplayer thing or whatever and and I think they're doing a lot of work to show that a lot of games fit on that platform um, and and I'm I don't know. I'm happy to be a part of that. That's kind of cool. I, you know, I loved, I loved my, 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 when my 360 uh, died and I got a new one, I, I you know, discovered the, the game that made me want to get into making games. So I have a big soft spot for, for Xbox in general.
0: What was the um, game? Sorry to interrupt you, but.
1: It was Alan Wake. I'd, oh, nice. I have been, you know, sort of. Trying to be a writer my whole life, and then I played that, and I was like, "I wonder if anybody writes this." And then I was like, "Oh wait, I should have been doing this my whole life. Uh, this is the job that I should have been trying to do." But uh, yeah, they, they've been they've been really supportive. We you know we pitch to um, to Microsoft, and they and they're just like, "We please, like let's bring this in. This sounds like a good idea." And then here we are.
0: And you pitched it just as the idea, hey, this is set in the '90s; it's a game about conning people. or Was it that fully formed? Did you already have uh, how far along in the process were you when you went to Xbox?
1: Yeah, by the time I met with um, with Nick and, and Sarah from ID, mm-hmm. uh, we were we were already on our you know current art direction. We knew what kind of cons we wanted to do. We had some rough stuff with our previous art direction, like rough gameplays um, stitched through. And we were just working on getting like full project funding, which we ended up getting from uh, Canadian government sources and, and provincial government sources here, uh, which we're, we're pretty lucky for. Um, and I was just like, "This is this is the thing. I it's tough to, to pitch a game for for anybody. Like mm-hmm. support for indies does exist, and it's it's wonderful, but it's tough to convince somebody to to take a flyer on you. And with with Microsoft and with Skybound, we found two people that that saw what we were trying to do, or two two companies, I shouldn't say people, although corporations are people in the eyes of the law, um, <laughs> but we found a couple places that really agreed with what we were trying to do, and they got it, whether or not we had fully executed on it by the time we were there, And they and they took a chance on us and gave us a shot at, like, just trying to build the thing that we thought would be cool, and then we did it, and it's great, and I'm so happy about it.
0: Uh, I saw a great interview that you did recently with uh, Windows Central, and you talked about um, playing games like Curse of Monkey Island when you were growing up. Games with a lot of humor in it. Um, They're still humorous games. Uh, They seem to be less of a thing. I don't know if they were ever really like a a big driver um, in the space, but games seem like an entire genre that is kind of missing humor in as much of a way as it could. Is that a good enough coaching of this entire question here? (laughs) I got it. Why do you think that is, and what do you think the benefit of having a, a humorous game is? Because I would like to see more comedy games, if I'm going to put my own personal opinion in here.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say comedy is so hard, because uh, then people are going to be like, well, he probably didn't nail it either, I'm not going to buy this. <laughs> yeah, um, look at this guy. So I'm going to say, comedy is really easy, and I made a really funny video game with my incredibly funny team. Uh, they're brilliant, and look how funny our game is. No, um, the... Like comedy is really hard. That that's 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 the answer. It's it's um, and it's hard to do well in general. Like um, to be able to be witty, to express timing, to you know um, have a joke that lands with multiple audiences. I think is really is is really hard, and and um, it's a skill. And um, I think I think it's even harder in in you know in this in this medium because you have to account for not only the timing of like how the player is going to interact with things, you have to account for the timing of a cutscene. You have to like, everything has to be just so. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we put a lot of our effort into like, what's the pacing of written comedy? What's the pacing of like when you, when somebody says something, how does that get received? And, and, um, you know, like I, 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 I do think we, we did a we did a pretty good job on some things, but um, it's tough to it's tough to make people laugh. And my, you know, what, what I was lucky enough to work with was um, was Allie, our, our main character, who has that sort of sarcastic '90s teen that uh, lives in the the deep recesses of all of our souls. Um, who can who can be critical of the world around her, but not mean. She can she can. react to weirdness Mm. in a way that allows us to actually make just weird, you know, conversations and people happen around her. And that, I think, was a, was kind of the, the special sauce in part for how the Big Cons comedy worked. Not to, not to discount the, like, environmental humor, the, the weird props and, and objects that we created. Like, it's a, it's a strange and very specific world. Like, Allie, um, Lives in a small town called Lisbon County, USA, uh, and it's uh, the birthplace of the corn skewer, uh, which is those little things you put on yeah, the end okay. of a, corn, a cob of corn. Um, and like I don't know why it's just funny. <laughs> it's we wanted you know it to be a, a, a town that was famous for something that is so graciously unimportant. Yeah. Um, and so we we came up with that concept, and Saffron, our art director, drew. Like, uh, this big statue of a corn skewer that's in the middle of the town. And, <laughs> like, and, and, and the other thing about comedy is that it's really subjective, right? So if that's not funny to you, I can't improve that joke. Yeah. That's like, But if you open up, you know, Allie's journal and it says Lisbon County, birthplace of the corn skewer, and you get it, then we are going to be fine. You know, we're going to get along great for the next four
0: to eight hours. If you don't think that's funny, I don't think you have a soul, to be honest with you. Corn skewers are funny. Um, (laughs) Let's say I was much younger than I actually am, and I wasn't born in the 90s. Um, Would this game still appeal to me if I don't get all the nostalgic nods that I'm sure are throughout this whole game?
1: See, that that was another thing that we really wanted to do, was make sure that it's not... You don't need to, you know, understand things about the clinton presidency or mtv you know like it's not it's 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 like what about whitewater like no it's it's nothing that that specific um it's just it's meant to more evoke a a time frame Mm -hmm. it's meant to more evoke a a place where um you know there were no cell phones there was no internet right and Mm -hmm. if you can just if you know that that place existed that time existed you're gonna be fine I think I make like one Pearl Jam joke because it's funny. Nice. Uh, and other than that, it's it's just it's just you're in this world. Some people say radical a lot. There's a lot of talk of teen magazines, but you don't need to know. Um, or you know, someone has their own phone line, which is like a huge thing when I was a when I was a teenager. You got your own phone line? What? Um, but you don't you don't need to you don't need no specific
0: references. I think it's still gonna work. That said, because uh, I was around in the '90s, um, the plot of the game centers around saving a video store, which is pretty '90s. Let's be honest. Um, I'm. One, do you have a favorite '90s reference that you got in there? That's tough. I know. I'm putting you on the That's spot. I'm grilling tough. you. Tough. No, I love it. I love it. Um,
1: my favorite '90s reference. You mentioned Whitewater. It's it's really about the it's really about the experience. I gotta go with I, I gotta go with the the vibe of calling someone's answering machine. You know, like that's <laughs> this is the thing. You call someone's you're trying to have a phone conversation with someone. You keep calling them back and you keep getting an answering machine, uh, and you can't have a meaningful connection with someone. Like that's not a hilarious reference. It's just a very specific '90s thing.
0: I love that. Now, there is a, there is a
1: there is a great moment where you get to talk to a. Um, Uh, Too big for his britches, 90s stockbroker in the game. And, uh, you know, if I can encourage everyone to engage with the stockbroker, I think you'll have (laughs) one of my favorite moments of the entire game.
0: Does he have that terrible shirt with, like, a white collar and, like, the blue? Remember that terrible thing? Yeah, like the the boss from Office. Yes, there we go, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, This guy's a bit
1: more, like, rolled sleeves. Oh, gotcha. He's still coming off of the 80s kind of success.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um. I've been singing the, the theme song a lot today because it's, it's very catchy, um, and you got an incredible band to pull it off with, Rockapella. Um, how did that come together, and then is it is it just the theme song that they worked on? Did they work on other music in the game? And then if not, where did the music come from in the game?
1: Yeah, um, Rocapella. we just brought on for the theme song. My, um, my good friend Matt and I, we wrote uh, the, the tune that you have been singing all day, <laughs> and... Um, and Rocapella took it and turned it into solid gold. As far as I'm concerned, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good tune, but it's a much better tune now that they've that they've touched it. Um, we we reached out. We thought of like who who fits the '90s bill, right? Who can we get to actually um, from this era to, to come in and, and and champion this game with us? And and they were really cool. Honestly, their their agents were super helpful um, in getting us lined up, and they were really. Easy to work with. honestly. we give him the we give him the song, and it got fired back to us in like a day. Um, it 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 was pretty it was pretty great. The rest of the music uh, was composed by uh, Dan Rodriguez, who I have worked with on a number of projects. He's a composer here in Toronto, um, and I'm I'm uh, I was just going through some of the music with him the other day, and we are we are pretty pretty excited and pretty proud of it. I, I will say. Also, Rob Duguay, our um, our audio director, made a bunch of fake movie trailers that play every time you walk into a video store. Oh my goodness! In the game, um, which are uh, they're they're gibberish English. They're not they're not real words, but they just sound like action movies and cartoons. It's so cool. So, like, of all this music, I just I. I love music and games, and I love, like, when the soundscape tells a story. Mm-hmm. And our team did a did a really cool job of it.
0: Love it. Um, Dave, I'm going to ask you one last question that I pepper into all um, interviews. It's a super ooh. cheesy video game podcast-related question. Uh, what are you hoping uh, fans take away from the game when they get their hands on it? Oh, man. That's really good.
1: That's not that cheesy. Oh, it I isn't? Okay, all right.
0: Well, I good. I feel good about it.
1: Yeah. What am I hoping they take away from the game? Um, I hope they find as much sort of joy and love in the story that we wrote for Allie and for Allie's mom as we do um, it, it's uh, you know it's a fun 90s adventure it's got video stores in it it's a very specific thing but it's also like a story of someone trying to save like the most important thing in her life which is her which is the video store that she runs with her mom and that meant a lot to write um, so i hope that i hope that it i hope everybody loves it uh, That's
0: really Very touching and sincere. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time. Dave Proctor, the studio head of Mighty Yell, and also the game director of the Big Con, which is coming to Xbox platforms and to uh, PC on August 31st, correct? I want to make sure I get the date right.
1: You got it, August 31st. Nailed it. all right.
0: today. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time, and I am ready to travel back to the 90s and save a video store. Thanks, Patrick. Awesome. Oh.